Welcome to the Repertory Podcast with your host, Karen Allen, where each episode takes you from case scenario to words, from words to rubrics, from rubrics to rep set, from repertorization to remedies, from differential to outcome, all in about 25 minutes. It's fun, it's quick, it's never the same. Grab your repertory, a pen and paper to take some notes, and buckle up. Our client today is a 23-year-old graduate student. It's just been stressful. He had to fly back home for a wedding. It was an 18-hour flight there, and then he was there for just five days, not enough time to get used to the time change, and then an 18-hour flight back. The day before he was coming back, he felt like he wasn't well. While he was sitting on the airplane, the air was so dry, he would breathe it into his nose and his nose would hurt because it was so dry. And he would breathe in through his mouth and his throat was so dry. And he kept drinking things to try to help, but he said it was really uncomfortable and he thought it was just the filtered air on the flight. And after he got home, it still felt dry. And the next day after the 18 hour flight where everything was so dry, he got home, he went to bed, he woke up the next morning, his nose, the inside of his nose is still very dry. His throat still feels very dry. He said he got up in the morning to go to, go to the bathroom and his legs felt so heavy and so tired. He said it wasn't like they were weak, like they wouldn't hold him up if he tried to take a step, but they just were so heavy. Later that day, he started to cough. So now by the time I'm talking to him, it's five days later. It's unbelievably intense, like it just racks his whole body. And if he coughs, like if he goes into a bout of coughing after he's eaten within 15, 20 minutes of when he ate, he'll vomit whatever he ate. Up. I'm When I'm talking with him, I'm talking on Skype and I ask to see his tongue. And he sticks out his tongue and it is completely coated white. So I ask him, is that usual for you? And he said, I've never seen it like that before. Is there a fever? No. Is there body ache? No. Is there digestive problem? No. Other than the vomiting. Has he had diarrhea? No. Does he have a headache? No. Can he get a COVID test? Yes. He does an at-home test and it was positive. Okay. So what we know is that we have a client with a positive COVID test who's just returning from international travel, who has incredibly dry nose, the inside of his nose, incredibly dry throat, very tired, heavy legs, and a really intense cough where he will vomit. That's it. So you guys ready to dive in? So what are we going to look for first, guys? What were his first symptoms? Great. Nose, very dry. The inside of his nose is incredibly dry. Oh, Anna, you're on it. Nose dryness internal. Now, why is it important for us to say internal? You know, people could have dryness right around the opening of the nostrils or dryness on the surface or the sides of the nose. Exactly. Rena says, because it could be skin. So notice that we've got, this is an interesting rubric, isn't it? When we go to nose and you know, it's funny, your nose is very definitely part of your face, but this is not in the face section. 
just like eyes are in the face, but it's not in the eye section. You know, it's we're we're looking specifically at the nose because the nose has all these structures that are within it that are far beyond what's happening in the face. All right, so so there's all these rubrics and they're all in mostly alphabetical order. And then within dryness, we see inside, which is a, a feature of dryness. And then below that, we see these locations and the locations are in alphabetical order. But you can tell their locations become they because they can be, they show up in the list after any of the other modalities or qualifiers. So we've got dryness inside his nose. Where else did he say he had dryness? Throat, excellent. So what rubric might apply for throat? Let's look in the throat section. Yep. Throat dryness. There we go. Now I want you to notice guys, as I look at this and as I choose rubrics, I choose not to look at what's in there because if you look at the contents of each rubric while you're choosing, it gives you an opportunity for bias where you can say, well, I don't really want to choose that rubric because the remedy I want to give isn't in there. I know it would be great if all of us were disciplined enough to not do that, but I still do that after almost 30 years. So I just don't look, I just don't allow myself to be tempted. Dryness, nose and throat, we got it. What was the next thing that he noticed? The next morning when he got up, what did he notice? Yes, Aaron says heavy legs. So where are we going to find that? What section might we find the heaviness of the legs? Extremities, good. Let's look in there. Does anybody have some ideas about what rubric it might be? So heaviness, tired limbs, extremity, heaviness, tired limbs. And if we look inside there, remember that the structure of the repertory has laterality first. If there's something on the left side or the right side, that's the first thing you're going to see. And then the next thing is time, which is why we see morning, noon, afternoon, evening, night. And then we begin to see the A to Z modalities, modifiers, qualifiers, and then after we get to the end of those, and there's our weight as from A, um, and then we see the different locations. And it usually starts with general things that are the whole body, and then it goes from above down below. So we can find leg here because I asked him, are your arms heavy? No. Is your head heavy? No. Your hand heavy? No. Just my legs. So we're going to pull that in there. Great. What's the next thing that happened? Coughing, Richard's on it, yep. Oh, thank you, Natasha, that's a great rubric. So let's go to the cough section. And in here, when his coughing came, he said, it is the most intense cough. It racks my entire body. When I cough, it's like I'm coughing with everything. So Natasha proposed a really good rubric for this, coughing violent. And this is where the cough is, is, you know, it's not that I'm coughing as I stab somebody. It's the violence was a common way of describing intensity where we might say now it was super intense. They would have said it was violent long ago. So we just are going to grab that guy. Yeah. And Richard says also coughing with vomiting, stomach vomiting, 
coughing on. Now, cough is an interesting thing because if you look in here, you can also you can find in stomach the cough when you vomit. You can find in cough the vomiting um, with the cough. You can find it in several different places expectoration, bunch of different places. I always go for the stomach because I want to choose the place as much as I can where the symptom originates and vomiting originates in the stomach. So stomach, vomiting, coughing. On. Now, what was the last thing that he said? Anna says, stomach vomiting, eating after. This is really interesting because he did absolutely say that if he had this coughing and it was when there was food in his stomach because he had recently eaten, then he would vomit. He doesn't vomit when there's no food in his stomach. But I think we have to be a little bit careful about this because he doesn't vomit after eating except with the cough. So we, if we could find vomiting on after eating, that might be more accurate. But I think this is the closest that we're going to get, Anna. I think if we bring in a rubric that has to do with general vomiting after eating, that it might lead us a little bit astray. What else did we observe in the consult? His tongue was coated white. Yes, absolutely. So where are we gonna look for this? You know, I think that this is something that a lot of people don't really look at, but it's actually incredibly useful. When somebody's talking to you about whatever their symptoms are, always ask them to stick out their tongue. Look to see, is their tongue swollen? Does it have little scalloped edges around the sides where it's been? Pressing against the teeth, that tells you that it's swollen and there's congestion there. And is it coated white or yellow or gray or dark? Does it have a crack on it, which means they're dehydrated? Mouth coated, tongue white. Mouth. One of the things about the repertory is anything with a color is always grouped into the category of discoloration. So you don't look in mouth and then the location of tongue, and then the color of white, the way that we think about it. That's what we observed. That's what the client said, yeah, my tongue is white, but we have to actually fit that into the structure of the repertory. So we're gonna find out in the mouth, where is the information about discoloration, which will include all the different locations in the mouth. And here's that and all the different colors. So we have to get into the area about that. Okay, so now we've got gums and tongue. We've got white. Now this is interesting. We could look in the location of tongue. Oh, that's not gonna get us very far, is it? One-sided. We have to look down here for white. And now we have tongue. So he's got a tongue that's coated white. Shall we see what we've got here, guys? So we've got nose dryness inside, throat dryness, the heaviness and fatigue in his limbs, the violent cough, the vomiting when he's been coughing, the discoloration on his tongue. And this was kind of an unusual case for me in the cases that I've been seeing of COVID. They've had headache. They've had heaviness on the chest. They may have had shortness of breath. 
A lot of them have had a tickle that's producing the cough. They're losing urine with the cough. There's a whole bunch of things that we talked about last week and that we've talked about in other cases. They're feeling uh, their mental thought process is unclear. He didn't have any of that stuff. So once we've got our set of rubrics, there's three important questions that we ask to assess the quality of our rubric set and make sure that we're on track. Who remembers what our three best test questions are? Is it true? Excellent, Laurel Ann. So the first thing is that we ask ourselves, would each of these rubrics pass a jury of our peers? Would our colleagues say, yep, I agree with you, that guy said that, and that rubric is appropriate for that. So did he say he had a dry nose, dry throat, heavy legs? He, he didn't call his cough violent, but we know that that's how it's represented in the repertory. He's vomiting on coughing, and he's got a white tongue. So I think everything in there qualifies as true. What's our second important question? Is there anything there that is true but not relevant, not useful. So well, sometimes we can't find the rubrics we need. So we start dragging in rubrics we can find that are more peripheral to the case. And then we start to lose our focus. Is there anything here, guys, that doesn't seem relevant? Anything that you think a jury of our peers, if we all brought this to them, that they would say, yeah, I probably wouldn't put that in there. Anything in there? Okay, and then the last question, our last quality control check, is there anything else that he told us that we could add? Did we miss anything? Sometimes I'll be working along and I'll think, oh yeah, I've got a good set. And then I go back to my notes and I realize some hugely important piece of the case I just forgot and didn't include in the repertorization. So it's always good at the end. Was there anything we talked about, guys? that you think we should include here for him? Okay, so we've got our rubrics get set. We've done our quality control check. At this point where I'm talking to him, his mom is a homeopath. And so I say, have you taken anything? And he says, yes. It's because it's been five days of this cough. My mom gave me Bryonia, Arsenicum, and Gelsimium to alternate. And then she gave me Phosphorus, and then she gave me, what was it like, causticum. So he's had five remedies in the past five days. And I said, did any of them help? He said, none of them touched anything. I didn't feel anything different when I took any of them. Okay, so let's see what we got going here. We've got belladonna and our failed bryonia. Calcarea, which is always interesting when it comes up in an acute because I, I don't see it that often in acutes. Pulsatilla, for those of you who joined in with the Hub's year-end Celebrate 2022 meetup, Vidya Yudare presented a case. We were just going round robin and talking about the most one of the most interesting cases that we had had that year. And she talked about a case where she gave Pulsatilla in a killer cough, and it was just super quick, complete relief. And I thought, wow, I learned something from that. That was pretty cool. Okay, carbo-veg, that's a common cough remedy. Sulfur shows up so often because it's so common in the repertory. I want you guys to notice as you look at this, look at how filled in our chart is. 
because we've chosen large rubrics, sometimes people stay away from large rubrics. They're like, oh no, it's not gonna narrow it down enough. I actually really like using large rubrics at least as a first pass to see what's going on in there because it really brings me all the fish in the sea that I wanna catch in my net. Okay, Kali Carb, uh, very, very common cough remedy. I ask him if there's anything positional about the cough. Is it worse when he lies down, stands up, leans over, in the shower with the hot, moist air, outside? He says, no, it doesn't make any difference. And those would have been good indicators. Kali Carb and all of the Kalis tend to have a cough that's much worse when you lay down, and it's better when they sit up or get up. Rustox, I was not that excited about the idea of Rustox because he doesn't have any musculoskeletal symptoms and other things to vote for it. Phosphorus, he's already been given. Silica, okay, I wasn't quite sure why that was coming up. Dryness. Um, and then Calabacromicum is one of the remedies that is very commonly used for respiratory influenzas. And I ask him a few questions. Does he have any sinus pressure? You know, I, and he doesn't seem to have anything. Has he coughed up any mucus that was really tough? No, he hasn't coughed up anything. And then the next remedy that I see is Cymex. Okay, Cymex is a little remedy that is very underrepresented in the repertory. And it's extremely unusual to have it come up in a repertory grid. And this is actually the beauty of when we use these large general rubrics that let us catch all the fish in the sea that we wanna be paying attention to. And it is being very widely used in India for COVID, for the variations of COVID that are circulating there, which is where our client had just come back from. So that was interesting. I also looked at Illumina, which is a dry cough remedy, uh, Mercurius sepia. I went ahead and, and Carbonium sulfuratum, which was one of our differentials, Antimonium tartaricum stanum. All of these are things that let us know we're in the right field with the right cows. All of these are cough remedies. So out of these, um, I asked questions to verify or decline several of them. And the remedy that I ended up giving him, particularly because he had just come back from India, uh, was Cymex lectularius. Do you guys know this remedy? It's made from bed bug. And you can remember it by thinking about the remedy Blatta, B-L-A-T-T-A, -T -T which is made from cockroach. And Blatta actually is a big remedy for asthmatic cough, get Cymex 30C. And I asked him to just put it in his water bottle and sip on it. Every time he drank anything, put it in anything he drinks. Coffee, banana milkshake, I don't care what it is. Just put some of the remedy in everything you drink for 24 hours. And the next day after 24 hours, we had a check and he said he hadn't vomited since he started the remedy. The cough was 50% better and the heaviness in his legs was 100% gone. Two, three days later, and he said, yeah, I'm 80, 90% better. And then he had to go do field research where he had like five or six, eight hour day or 18 hour days. 
in a row. And at the beginning of the following week, he had completely relapsed back to all of it. So I said, I'm so sorry, but you're going to have to rest. You have to let your body get over this. You can't do 18 hour days and help your body repair. You have to take at least three days to rest and relax. So he got back to taking the remedy, you know, during those 18 hour days, he had been busy doing field research. He hadn't taken the remedy. He thought he was better. And this happens a lot, doesn't it? With our clients who, you know, they feel so much better. They run out and do things and then they relapse and they get very discouraged. So I probably would have helped him more if I had warned him in advance. After you take this, if this is a good deep acting remedy, especially the insect remedies, bring up a surge of energy because the insects, a lot of them are very busy little creatures. Uh, after three days of resting and taking the remedy, all of his symptoms were gone. And then when he went back into the lab and was doing his work again, he didn't relapse again. At least. Oh, that's a great question. Laurel, Laurel Ann says, how did you decide about the frequency? Um, Cymex is in particular, and Blata, a lot of these remedies that are insect remedies, they do really well with frequent repetition. And one of the ways that I've been working with uh, dosing for COVID when it is in a very active state is uh, what Lynn Amara teaches in posology as a four-day trial, where on day one, you take a dose every hour. And on day two, you take a dose every two hours. And on day three, you take a dose every three hours. And on day four, you take a dose every four hours. And then you do once daily for a few days and you're done. With this guy, because his symptoms were frequent and scattered throughout the day, and because he's who he is, I thought that maybe he might pick up the remedy, take one dose, and then just get busy doing other things. I asked him to put it in everything that he drank because I wanted to make sure that he got a lot of exposure to it. You guys might want to go read about Cymex lectularius. There, if you read about it, there are some features of it about thirst and cough after drinking and I haven't found those things to be very clinically reliable, but the dryness, the intensity of the cough, the heaviness in the legs and the white tongue are all very characteristic. Nice. Thank you so much for all of you who have been joining in all year long, who have been polishing, polishing, polishing your repertory skills. I really appreciate all that you invest in developing your skills and in helping people with them. Thanks for investing your time and effort into learning and using the repertory. You're invited to join us live at Monday Midday Repertory as we create these podcast episodes. Learn more about how to use the repertory with me, Karen Allen, author of the repertory tutorial and workbook, which is now an e-course at www.trinityhealthhub.com. See you next time with another repertory case.